0: Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Boysen. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicky is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to
1: Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voisen, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm an ALA Advanced Certified Paralegal. I publish an e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies, and I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, a guide to finding a job and career success. You'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. My guest today is Erdal Turnagialu, an attorney with Weber Gallagher in Warren, New Jersey, where he concentrates his practice in the areas of general liability, medical malpractice, and employment. He received his JD from New York Law School in 2006 and is admitted to both the New York and New Jersey bars. Welcome, Erdal.
2: Thank you, Vicki. I'm happy to be here.
1: Thanks. We're happy to have you. Now, before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors. That would be Boston University, offering an online certificate in paralegal studies. And if you're seeking a professional credential or just want to further develop your skills, Boston University provides an affordable, high-quality, 14-week program. Visit paralegalonline.bdu.edu for more information. Then we have NALA, a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and the advancement of the paralegal profession and has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our first show. And ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers, work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. Guests are usually included to help explore timely topics, and for that reason, I've invited Erdahl to be with me today. Erdal, you came to my attention when I read your recent article titled, Facebook Notification, You've Been Served. So I'd like for you to tell our listeners how you came to write that article.
2: Just as an initial matter, I'm part of the uh, Law Practice Division, um, the ABA, um, and so um, some of the uh, folks over at the uh, Law Practice today, uh, Webzine, um, just uh, contacted me or um, many of the um, members asking if they were interested in contributing an article to their uh, social media issue. Um, So, when I got that, I thought, um, well, eDiscovery has been covered extensively. But uh, how about something more along the lines of e service of process? Um, uh, so I looked into it a little bit and it just sort of took over or it took off from there.
1: Now, before we go any further, let's discuss the traditional methods of service that most attorneys use and what has previously been done when those traditional methods didn't work. So bring us up to date on that.
2: Well, traditional methods of service um, involve personal service. Um, on an inv- individual or a corporation, um, and for the, a corporation also with the Secretary of State, now alternative methods of service, at least in New York, for which i 'm most familiar, um, include substituted service on a personal suitable agent discretion at their usual you know, place of business or abode. but it also includes nail and mail and also by publication.
1: Okay, and publication 's a problem. People aren't reading uh, newspapers like they were. So what we've done is we've entered the age of technology, and, and again, these traditional methods of service and, and even the methods of alternate service might not work in today's world. So how would you explain that new phenomenon?
2: Well, let me just uh, preface that by saying that in the vast majority of cases, traditional methods of service or, if you want to say traditional alternative methods of service, um, have worked out just fine. That process service have just done a fantastic job of getting pleading served and getting the affidavits over to us to be filed in court. But as I had referenced in the article, uh, we're continually just becoming a more mobile society, not just the, from the standpoint of an individual, but also uh, corporations and other businesses are existing virtually, um, as I say, in the cloud.
1: What about people who don't have um, a traditional addresses to be you know to be served at? Uh, that's beginning to happen. I know that you know they they don't have landlines anymore. Uh, things are are really changing. Now I've been a paralegal for longer than I want to tell you, but you know we always did the you know the service usually. Then there would be the publication and that kind of thing. And, you know, people wouldn't accept their mail, even though we'd send it certified, it would come back. So then we would do the publication. And and that also took a lot of um, effort. And you had to be sure you got it done before the, you know, the the summons uh, expired. So we had a lot to to keep track of, and we're still going to have to do that. But, you know, what I'd like to know from you is how social media is changing these procedures that we've, traditionally used to serve parties. And I know it's happening slowly, but um, tell us about that.
2: Right. Well, just to pick up on what you were saying, I mean, right now, I don't think that there's going to be any significant changes. Um, and I don't think there's going to be any significant changes for the next, I'd say, five to 10 years, if I were to guess, just to throw out some numbers. And I think it's in part due to the attorneys themselves um, and even judges um, not really being comfortable with um, this new form of service. It it just, you know, attorneys generally speaking are risk averse, and so they don't necessarily want to subject themselves to um, getting um, this method of service um, to be refused by a court. There's just just uh, just significant risks involved for a lawyer to rely on this uh, new form of service. But that being said, I think that a footnote in one of the divorce cases I'd mentioned in my article provided that a a good answer for this. That as of 2014, according to the case, there were over 157 million Facebook users. And obviously, this number is growing every moment of every day. And of course, this number doesn't take into account the other social media networks, such as uh, Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. So I think that these are certainly trends to be uh, focused on.
1: What I'd like to know, though, is, uh, you know, when did the use of social media for service of process actually begin? I I don't think it's as new as we might think.
2: Right. Well, I think that in terms of, you know, there's, there's a, we like to think of things in terms of being social media, you know, I think that it really originated from the earlier forms of uh, service by email. I think that there was some cases from 2002, 2003 regarding service by email on foreign defendants. But in terms of the social media case law, well, at least the ones I've researched, I mean, there were some that... From 2012 and 2013, and these dealt with service on the foreign defendants.
1: And by foreign defendants, you mean people out uh, defendants out of the country.
2: Correct. That's right. And I think that you know, in the two cases I mentioned, one of them, ironically enough, was a Turkish individual. Um, they were trying to serve somebody in Turkey, and the second per- the second corporation uh, was located in India. And for those cases. The- the um, plaintiffs um, were relying on the federal rules, which primarily dealt with allowing service as long as there was no international protocol against it. There, there was nothing in Turkey or in India that stated specifically that email or social media was uh, not allowed. So the court did not really have an issue allowing service by Facebook on these foreign defendants. And again, I think this that last statement cannot be overemphasized, certainly became a crucial consideration when the courts finally had to address service on domestic defendants, that is people that are located within the United States. The courts wanted to make sure that you know, so somebody using Facebook or whatever other social media account was not a dummy account, and that the person that was listed on the account would actually receive the notice of the lawsuit that was in conformance with you know, constitutional notice requirements.
1: Okay, what I'm going to do now is take a short break for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to ask you uh, specifically how you know it's not a dummy account. So we'll be back. We're going to take a word from our sponsors, Boston University, NALA, the Association of Legal Assistants and Paralegals, and serve now a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Erdal about technology's impact on how parties are served. So don't go away. Are you looking to advance your career? Do you know someone who wants to enter the paralegal profession? Boston University's fully online certificate in paralegal studies is a fantastic option. It's affordable, takes just 14 weeks to complete, and is led by accomplished faculty who teach employer-focused skills like legal research, writing, technology, and more. Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information and to download a free brochure. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. EDU NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's Certified Paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicky Voison. My guest today is Airdal Turnagilio, an attorney with Weber Gallagher in Warren, New Jersey. Airdal, before the commercial break, we were discussing how technology has slowly changed the way defendants and other parties were served. We talked about how it was first uh, done with foreign defendants, and then the movement was to domestic defendants, meaning people living within the United States. You were talking about making sure that this wasn't a dummy account when you were trying to serve someone by social media. How do you do that?
2: Well, I I think it just takes a little bit of uh, investigation on the part of the... uh of the plaintiff's attorney or the paralegal for the, who's working for the uh, plaintiff. That is that it, you have to make sure that the person's actually using the account. Some of the cases that I had mentioned in my article, I think you know there was a Lori Fortunato case that I had mentioned where the court was uncomfortable with the idea of providing, um, allowing service of the summons and complaint via this person's Facebook account because there was no affidavit submitted by um, the investigator stating that this person was actually using the account, and I think that that's the broad uh, objection or you know fear that the courts have um, with um, service by social media. Certainly, you know when I mentioned this to some of the partners here at my firm, I was going to do an article on this. They were sort of. Incredulous, They're, you know, and I think that's that's the first and foremost aspect of it. Not only just the fact that it's a new technology, but you know, you you have to do some investigation to make sure that the social media account is actually verifiable and uh, in use.
1: Well, with with Facebook, you can tell that they've been posting regularly or not, whether they've put pictures up that might um, be applicable to proving that they were there. You know, they've changed their cover photo and things like that so uh, that would be the way you'd do it as if it's actually uh, you know being updated and, and taken care of that way now Airdal, I'm assuming uh, and I'd like for you to uh, verify this that social media is used only after all traditional methods of service have been exhausted and only with the permission of the court is that right
2: yeah Vicky that, that's that's absolutely correct. You know, you should only really consider a, a service by Facebook when you've already attempted to use all the other methods, whether it's by personal service, nail and mail, whatever other method that's approved in your jurisdiction. So in New York, for example, after attempting these traditional methods, the CPOR allows you to file a motion without notice to the other party, obviously, that requesting that the court fashion a um, alternative method of service and state all the means of service attempted. And again, I mean, then you would provide the court with, you know, the reasonable and diligent efforts that you had made to, to um, serve the person by traditional methods. And also, of course, the uh, affidavit or other sworn statement regarding, you know, this notice to Facebook would be effectuated.
1: Um, would there be any pitfalls related to service by social media? Is there any danger?
2: Um, I, I think that the main danger would be that the person um, is not Using the Facebook account, or that they you know may have used it once upon a time, and maybe it 's not necessarily a dummy account, but it 's just not in use anymore, and the person just does not get you know the notice that even the court would be able to fashion but I think that what 's important to note there is that in the cases that I had uh, you know referenced in in my article the court Sort of recognizes this and notes that not only do you serve it by a summons and complaint by Facebook, but you would also, similar to mail and mail, you'd serve um, you know a copy of the uh, pleadings by uh, regular mail, you know to the last known uh, address. That way, you sort of get a balance of, of the two methods of service.
1: Okay. Well, I do have a question that I thought of as I was getting ready for this. And I'm wondering if it would be helpful to include language in the contract between the two parties actually agreeing to service by means of social media in the event of litigation. What do you think about that?
2: Well, actually, it's something that I'd never really considered, but certainly, you know, attorneys, crafty attorneys, of course, too, can certainly fashion a provision in a contract or agreement. To, that, to this effect. They do this with indemnification provisions and other uh, choice of law or co- conflict of law provisions. You know, as you mentioned before, the pitfalls, you'd have to make sure that the defendant, whether it's, you know, the other party is an employee or a business associate or even, you know, a, a husband or wife, however the agreement would be fashioned, is uh, actually using the uh, social media account. Um, so that my Concern would be, what would happen if the, that person, the defendant, switches over to active use of a different platform, let's say, away from Facebook to LinkedIn? Does that mean that the Facebook account or you know, service by Facebook is no longer valid? And would you have to have compliance people at the, at the firm or the plaintiff himself or herself actively keeping a log of the defendant's social media use? Um, these are just some of the considerations I was thinking about.
1: Right. Well, maybe you could just say by electronic means or something or tri- common to the practice or something like that. I'm sure that there will be some crafty attorney who can come up with some wonderful language that we can use. And, Absolutely. Yeah. So I do, I do want to know what your prediction is about the use of social media in the future. You know, it really is going to happen, right?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, it's just becoming more and more... Available and used, whether it's somebody on their laptop, iPad, iPhone, and social media is not going away. It's just getting it bigger and bigger. And while courts can try not to address it or de- deny applications, I think that it's important to note um, from some of the earlier court decisions, you know, reflecting on the fact that, you know, to, to quote from one of the court decisions, history teaches that as technology and technological advances and modes of communication progress, the courts have to be open to um, considering requests to authorize service by electronic means. So it's just something that the legal profession has had to confront before with each new technology, whether by facsimile, email, or as now, uh, social media.
1: Okay. Now, how do you view the paralegal's role in this movement towards service by social media?
2: Oh, I think that the paralegal can be hugely instrumental. I I used to be at a plaintiff's firm, and I would say that for certain, I use paralegals all the time and, and, you know, paraprofessionals legal assistants, all the time in making sure that, you know, the process server was provided with the necessary information so that the uh, service could be effectuated and the f- paralegals would certainly be able to follow up if there was issues that the process server was being faced with and making sure that diligent efforts were being made. Um, so I think that the paralegal is hugely instrumental in assisting the attorney in, in making sure that the uh, summons gets, and a complaint gets served.
1: I know that's one of the duties that I had was, you know, once everything was filed, kind of landed on my desk, and I had to make sure that that service happened in a, in a timely fashion. Erdal, before we go, I do have a couple of questions for you. If our listeners wish to get in touch with you, how would they do that? And also, how can they locate uh, your fantastic article?
2: Sure, uh thank you so much. Um well they can reach me by uh my email at Eternajalo, that's T-U-R-N-A C I O G L U at Wg Law dot com or through my Twitter um at my handle uh at Ardal Esquire and all one word. All right. And for the article it's available at today dot org. Uh, forward slash article forward slash uh, Facebook dash notification dash you've and no apostrophe uh, dash bin dash served.
1: All right. And I'll be sure that that information gets included with the information that Legal Talk Network sends out about uh, this podcast.
2: Great. And, and also, I just want to add in that, um, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, I got asked by some of the people at the law practice division to write this article. Um, and full disclosure, I'm a part of the membership development committee uh, for the law practice division. Um, and I think that it's just a great um, resource for um, people in the legal profession, whether you're a paralegal, an attorney, um, a marketing coordinator, or, or, you know, CLO. We have plenty of people that are involved, not only just as attorneys, but as um, you know, law law office staff that are that, um, that are part of our uh, organization. I think they uh, have received you know extensive, enormous benefits from being active members of the, the division.
1: Okay, and and they do that by going to the uh, ABA's website, or is there somewhere else where they would go for that?
2: Well, you can go on www.wallpractice.org. Um, that's the division's uh, website, and you can find out more information about about it and, fi- and the cost to join.
1: Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you for that information. And thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate your updating us on this new trend. It's so important that we at least be aware that the information is out there and this may be happening. And if we need it, we should use it. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule, especially at this busy time of year.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Vicki. It's been a pleasure. Um, happy holidays and have a great 2016.
1: Thank you. Same to you. Let's take another short break now. Don't go away because when I come back, I'll have news and career tips for you. I'll be right back.
0: We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
1: Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is Vicki Voison, the Paralegal Mentor, the host of the Paralegal Voice. And this is the time in the program when I give you my practice tips and, um, and other information that is uh, trending in our careers. I have to tell you that my practice tip for today is to, first of all, pay attention and, and read about these new trends that are coming up. Now, I do subscribe to several different um, uh, blogs, and that's where I see things like Airdahl's article about being served on Facebook. Take a look at some of those and, and be sure that you are, are really watching. The ABA's blog is a, is a great one. Uh, Be sure that you know what's going on, that you, once you hear this, that maybe you copy the article and make sure that everyone in your office is reading it, distribute it to your boss and so forth, just so that they know that these things are trending. And then when you run across a service process where you are absolutely unable to find the defendant and, and to serve them, you can say, you know, I think we can do this electronically. I remember that there's an article. I know I can find it. Uh, you may have it in a file at your office or you may be able to Google it or go to Legal Talk Network and find the podcast. So there's, there's just lots of information out there. You should be aware of what's going on. Now, that's all the time we have today for The Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to Vicky at Mentor.com. And Vicky is spelled V-I-C-K-I. Also, don't forget to check out my blog, Blog.com, and the resources that are available at my website, paralegalmentor.com. I have designed these to help you move your career in the right direction. And that is always forward. This is Vicki Voison, thanking you for listening to the Paralegal Voice and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard.
0: Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voicen for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistants. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.